Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to Tackling a New Kingdom. I am your host, Tank Johnson. And today it is me and me only. And we are about to have a great, great show. Um, So let's get right into it. Obviously, it has been the week that was, and there is a ton of stuff going on in the world. But as always here on Tackling a New Kingdom, we're gonna keep to our same format. Uh, We're gonna tackle something current, something real, something controversial, and get out here, get out of here on something light, right? Okay, so let's talk about current. What's going on current? Let's talk about my man, Kanye West. I mean, everybody and their mom's got an opinion on it. So uh, here is mine on my Chicago brother. I've got this strange feeling that, you know, you know how everyone always says like, oh, either one, he knows what he's doing or two, he's a complete idiot, right? I fall somewhere in the middle. And here's why. Kanye West has been publicly hinting at the relationship that is going on with him and Adidas has been not the best, uh, acrimonious, if you will. And I, I know what happens when you publicly get into these feuds uh, and, and, and there, there's there's the point of no return, right? There's that point that you reach to where it's like, F you, no, F you. I don't care how this plays out, okay? And I'm going to tell you an example um, of how I've seen that work in professional sports, which is a little bit different from business. So I think... One of the things that Kanye said was that um, the business practices over at Adidas were condescending, uh, belittling, and minimized his, quote, genius. Um, And he wanted out. Uh, And one of the things that Adidas did, which they will, most big businesses will do, they will just put out what the contract says, right? So, you know, Kanye's screaming at the top of his lungs, and then they will just put out the language in the contract that says, we're we're going together, we're dating, okay? And so I feel like behind closed doors, right, this was kind of a back and forth where, you know, he would meet with them, basically let them know that if they didn't give him every demand that he wanted, that he wanted out, they said, we can't do that. He says, well, let me out. They say, well, we it's not that easy, Kanye. And so once you get to that point and it's like, let me out. Well, no, it's not that easy, Kanye. You get to this part where I think in my um, professional opinion, you know, I think Kanye had his attorneys read uh, the the specific language in the Adidas contract that let him out with certain stipulations and without certain stipulations. And I think that he probably found out that 
conduct detrimental is what they call it in sports, but uh, you know, behavior unbecoming of a whatever representative of this company is an, is one way you can get this contract terminated. And and what what leads me to believe that is when Kanye was on Drink Champs, uh, shout out Noriega, I I, I saw him say one of the anti-Semitic, uh, whatever, what do you even call that? Anti-Semitic blurb where he was just shouting out anti-Semitic bullshit. And then when after he did it, he leaned over into the mic, looked into the camera and said it again really slowly as if, hey, make sure you catch that. That was anti-Semitic and that should be the deal breaker for the contract. And, you know, if you've ever been in big business and all that stuff, you, you, you know that when it comes down to like certain clauses and contracts, people can get shrewd. And, and I'll, I'll tell you one, oh, when, when I was a rookie, um, I, I was on the bears and we had a running back named Anthony Thomas. They called him a train out of the university of Michigan, hell of a running back, great teammate. Well, in, in my rookie year was like his last year of his deal. And the bears were, he was about to hit some, um, incentive milestone that, you know, that was going to pay him a good sum of money. So, you know, obviously trains playing great, you know, he's doing his thing and all of a sudden, just out of nowhere, the Bears just deactivated him for the rest of the season. And as a, you know, he was very professional about it. You know, he just came into work, did his practice. He was on scout team. You know, it's, you know, it always looks weird when <clears throat> there's like a really good player on scout team, right? Like that, that always sticks out like, uh, what's going on? Why is he over here? Well, yeah, they just deactivated him because they knew that they weren't going to keep him or retain his services going forward so why pay him a large chunk of money that i assume goes against the salary cap uh and so they you know that's a little bit of contract trickery from one side and then i've seen the contract trickery on the other side where uh a guy uh i will not say his name he hurt himself um on an atv right before the season started and like you know he, he if he didn't if he got hurt on the atv that would basically be nfi non-football injury and so you it, it 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 voids certain things in your contract and man this dude like tore one of his major ligaments in his knee uh and i think his shoulder uh but he fucking he limped and or, or or he you know gritted it out until we got to our team practice and on the first play you know where you take off and run he took off running fell on the ground oh my leg uh was able to you know get get that damn you know uh it work related injury and uh yeah man i was happy for him but that just shows you um three different lenses into what people are willing to do to get 
out of contract or void some language in contracts. So you got Kanye with the anti-Semitic statements. You had the Chicago Bears uh, deactivating uh, Anthony Thomas. And then you had player we will not name. Uh, he got hurt away from the thing, made it all the way to team and got hurt. So uh, in tackling something current, gosh, man, my man, yay. Uh, Chicago in my shy town brother. <laughs> I hope he gets better. Okay, transitioning on to something real. Uh, and this one hits a little home and it's a little bit dark. So, uh, we'll just you know, we'll just keep it what it is. Uh, we're talking about the amount of violence in hip hop, and you know, obviously, how many, uh, famous artists that we've lost uh in hip-hop it's just the numbers just it's just too much to even describe but i mean you know recently uh you know take off from the Migo from the migos um it, it was just sad so brings me to this okay so i kind of live by the the creed this is a creed that i live by okay and I'm not sure if you specifically have a creed or whatever, or, you know, but this is one that I live by. If I'm mad enough to fight you, then I'm mad enough to kill you, which ultimately leads me to not get into very many situations because why nothing is that freaking serious. Okay. I'll repeat that for you guys. If I'm mad enough to fight you, I'm mad enough to kill you, which ultimately leads to me being in not very many situations because usually nothing is that serious. So when I see a brother lose his life to what looks like uh, a misunderstanding in a dice game, and let me say this, y'all, people from the hood are going to feel me on this, okay? And maybe if you're not from the hood, you know a little bit of something, Okay, if you had the, um, if you were a kid who grew up in the hood and, and ever traveled to other neighborhoods, two things that are always going to have rules specific to that neighborhood. And I'm going to tell you what they are. The game of 21 and dice. If you want to start an argument, put a person from California with a person from New York and tell them to play the game basketball 21 or shoot dice. Why? Because dice, you got craps, you got CeeLo 21. You got, uh, if you missed a free throw uh, at, at 20, you go back to 11, 13, 19. It, it just depends on all the different rules of where you're from. So early in my life, I realized, I wouldn't say my life. I'd say my professional football career. I would go out of town and I would be at my homie's house and we would play dice and, and inevitably it would always start an argument. So I say this. Dice is not a game that you can just regionally roam around and play. Because if I feel like your rules from your region cause me to lose money, then I am basically saying you robbed me, okay? And so when you get these guys and they're always playing dice, you know, hey, 
you might be throwing the dice. I might be able to catch them. In some hoods, you can only catch the dice twice. In some hoods, you can catch the dice however many times you want. Okay, you know, um, you know, it's just so many stupid rules of the game of dice. And so here's what we over at Tackling a New Kingdom. Here's what we offer up to the community. Why don't we have, create universal 21 and dice rules? I guarantee you it's going to save the violence rate in all the hoods, at all the concerts, at all the barbecues, because if we just say, hey, I can catch these dice four times, and after four times, I can't catch the dice no more, boom. Everybody knows all the cards are face up. So, you know, you 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 hear this, and 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 as a society, we've become almost numb to these very talented young people passing away. I mean, twenty eight—that is a young, very young person. And so, uh, while I can't speak to uh, him as a person, uh, I can't speak to uh, gosh, you know, the BS that goes with living that life i can offer up a concrete solution and that's universal dice rules and universal 21 rules and each rule comes into effect on each side of the mississippi see here i am making it complicated okay if you're on the west side of the, of the mississippi you play by one set of rules if you're on the east side of the mississippi river then you play from that set of rules. And I guarantee you the murder rate will go down. So in uh, tackling something real, I, 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 I wanted to look at the violence in hip hop, but not speak to like, oh, the cultural problem. And nope, I'm offering a simple solution, a simple solution that is universal dice game rules to not have the misunderstandings which leads to the violence boom okay now we're going to transition into something controversial uh, and on the heels of kanye's anti-semitic rants the hot potato has once again landed in our brother kyrie irving's lap and once again, Kyrie Irving did not punt, okay? Kyrie has taken it upon himself to do God's work and stick up for yay and all the anti-Semites around the world. Uh, what I love about Kanye, or, or sorry, what I love about Kyrie is the same thing that's so frustrating. Uh, he sticks up for every important cause. However, it always seems half-hearted and at minimum lacks complete understanding, right? You want to applaud Kyrie's bravery, you know, on the freaking vaccines and anti this, but you also want him to be more informed than watching eight minutes of a 27 minute documentary, right? 
and he's not even sure how it ended, right? I've always loved my teammates uh, who have had conviction and were willing to stand up upon a cause, but I think it does more harm than good when they aren't knowledgeable and they keep backtracking back and forth uh, through its entirety, okay? So that is, you know, like with, with Kyrie, right? Like we all know how to, we're all adults, right? We all know how to be combative. We know how to uh, keep things quick, quick, keep things simple. Um, we know how to stir the pot. You know, we we as adults, we know the type of reaction we're going to get when we put stuff out there, right? It's no secret. People are going to react a certain way. And so I, I feel like Kyrie invokes the reaction from people for good causes, but not thoroughly and flushing out like what it means to stand on that shit, right? Like, th that's the problem that I have. The problem that I have with not, not only just Kyrie, but like, for example, the NBA players when they were in the bubble, right? They had the collective sports world and, and the news media by the balls, right? It's a playoffs. We're not playing until we meet, you. we get X, Y, and Z, right? So... I was like, you know, the George Floyd situation was happening. The police brutality situations were happening. And the guy in Wisconsin had, had just been shot. And like, it felt like there was about to be a shift. And everyone was rooting for men's, the NBA to, man, for once, make them listen to us. Take a stand that's serious, that like, generations are going to benefit from right everybody was waiting with bated breath and it seemed like collectively they fumbled right like they fumbled the the opportunity because um if if you ask me right and you know you're 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 telling someone that you're doing this and that wrong to me if I don't offer you like clear roadmap to rectifying that, then what are we talking about? Right. What are we talking about? And so I felt like the NBA players just had a unique opportunity and they, they fumbled it and, and, and largely because of infighting, right? Like some people wanted to make this demand. Some people wanted to make that demand. And ultimately, they couldn't get on the same page, so they had to settle for low-hanging fruit, right? Right? And that's that's the cold part about this whole thing with, with Kyrie. It's that it's, it's almost like a Netflix movie, right? You know it's going to be good action. It's going to end in an hour and a half. And it's not going to have very much like substance to it. Right. That's like Kyrie, right? Like he, he jumps out there on that ledge. You're like, Oh, okay. I'm with you. Keep talk that shit, Kyrie. And then he starts talking and you're like, Oh boy, Kyrie, you've jumped this far out here in the deep end. And that's where you got your information from a damn Cracker Jack box. A, a, <laughs> what? Like, uh, hour-long documentary and you just said you watched the beginning 
Kyrie, how are we supposed to have your back, my guy? So, um, you know, that's just, you know, that's just a frustrating part. And I get it. We're all young going through the evolution of our lives. And at certain ages in our lives, you know, politics and all these things matter more. And we take a more, um, a much more uh, deep dive into the facts, right? But when we're young, we're making millions of dollars. We're playing hoop. We're the one of the best hoopers on the planet. You know, maybe you could skim the article, get a couple of quick Twitter, and then jump out there with your whole career. Oh, yeah, yeah. But Kyrie, I did feel you on the vaccine thing. I completely was with you about not putting that in your body. Uh, I was, like I said, there's another opportunity. There's another uh example where i was like yo Kyrie is absolutely right you know some of the reasonings that he got that he gave kind of went left and i was like oh okay wait Kyrie, stop stop being the representative for non-vaxxers but you know i felt him on it and bada bing bada bang so here we are uh tackling something controversial you know my boy kooky Kyrie, he jumps out in the deep end and the people who are with him get all the way in the deep end and he's like <laughs> <laughs> we're riding on a, a, a skimmed article and people are like, wait, you, all you did was skim the article? And he's like, yeah, but come on, let's keep swimming. They're just like, whoa, Kyrie, I'm I'm actually kind of mad at myself at being out here with your crazy ass. So uh, boom, that is tackling something controversial. Okay, in this next segment, uh, I think you guys are going to like this, okay? So I covered the Jake Paul Anderson Silva fight uh, for tackling a new kingdom audience, right? And uh, I gave a prediction and I had one of my buddies who's going to be our resident boxing expert. Uh, you're going to see him in a couple of clips after this. But, um, you know, I got a press credential and I went at it like a real media person. Uh, the fight was great. My prediction was that Anderson, Sil Anderson Silva was going to be too experienced for uh jake paul and ultimately he was going to tire him out and make jake paul walk into a bam but as we know uh because we're hearing this on friday that is not what happened and anderson silva while he might be a proficient boxer he is not a technician in power punches his his like power punches were long and slow and i was that's what i was banking on after jake paul getting tired walking into one but in the first round when i saw silva throw what i thought was supposed to be a power punch i was like dude that's not a power punch like he was good at like the quick jabs and the little punches but when it came to power punches he just didn't have the coordination to throw them with any pop and soon as I saw his power punches kind of lacking, I, I knew that if nothing else, it, the fight was going to go. It, it was anybody's fight. And Jake Paul, I think he continues to show that he's a bona fide superstar in this entertainment space. I don't care if you're calling it an exhibition or a boxing fight. Um, I thought Anderson Silva is getting closer to... Uh, an opponent in which all of fandom and sports 
can collectively say, okay, I respect that. Okay. This guy's not almost 50. This guy's, you know, haven't fought in eight years. This guy is a fucking Muay Thai fighter. And now you're only boxing them. There's always a, um, a, a, a catch or an asterisk to a Jake Paul event. And that's one thing that fans have gone to love. You know, it's the unpredictability of his events. Uh, what he did to my poor guest of the tackling a new kingdom, Nate Robinson, that was brutal. I mean, and all the other matches he's had. Um, I know they talk about he doesn't uh, drug test and he doesn't drug test his opponent. I don't know how that is, if that's facts or not. I don't fact check. I don't pay anybody to fact check for me just yet. So I don't know if that's true or not, but uh, it's a spectacle. And another thing is that Phoenix, Arizona does a great job when we, when the uh, eyes of the sports world are on us, right? We, whether it's a Super Bowl, the Pro Bowl or boxing, Phoenix, Arizona turns out in big numbers. And that was no different. Uh, I'd say the, uh, the arena, the old Coyotes arena that probably holds 20,000 people, I think it was probably 14 to 16,000 people in there. And it was a great environment. And when, uh, when Jake Paul caught uh, Silva and, you know, Jake Paul, when he punches people, they're like going to sleep, you know, it's smelling salts and, and some more stuff. But uh, luckily he just, he just caught him, knocked him off balance. He hit his butt but he knew the fight was uh, close enough that that knockdown was going to be the difference in the thing. Uh, so I'm a, obviously you guys know, I'm a huge boxing fan and uh, for tackling a new kingdom and believe network, I will be covering a lot of uh, boxing events uh, over the, you know, the, the upcoming future. So uh, we're going to have my boy. Uh, his name is Caesar. I call him Chico. He, you know, when there is a boxing match, we're always on the phone. Uh, we're always we're always betting against each other because he always votes for the Mexican fighter no matter what. And I always vote for the black fighter no matter what. So if you ever see his picks, it's always the Mexican guy. And with me, it's always the black guy. So we're, we're uh, a hilarious duo to watch a boxing uh, card with. So um, hope you guys enjoy this footage from uh jake paul and anderson silva uh because it's great but uh another this is the end of season one season two man it's coming in hot super busy my whiteboard is just going crazy season two's coming uh we got some great guests like always and i'm looking forward to it gonna have a few new wrinkles in there for uh my tank family but i i guarantee you you guys are gonna like them um, I've been getting some feedback that, you know, people like it more when I give uh, kind of my thoughts on things instead of kind of like just playing off the guests. I hear you. I appreciate it. Some of my older uh, uh, fans said they don't like it when I swear. So I'm going to work on not swearing as much because I would sure hate uh, to lose a listener just because I, you know, didn't take the the time to look in at the SARS and find another word. Uh, for fuck right so i'm i'm gonna get better at that i promise so um yeah enjoy the uh silva uh 
Paul recap. It's going to be great. Uh, introducing my man Chico. Caesar to me, Chico to y'all. He's our resident boxing expert. Season two's coming in hot, y'all. Take care. Chico, who do you got in the Jake Paul Anderson Silver fight? I got Jake Paul stopping him in the eighth. I got the first three to four rounds, Jake filling him out. Um, I think he figures him out in the fourth round. Fifth, sixth, and seventh, he puts on the pressure. I think he stops him in the eighth. Good people. I think Anderson Silva tires out Jake Paul with his defensive moves. The whole fight, making Jake Paul frustrated and ultimately walking into a night-night punch. I got Anderson Silva. I don't know what round. I'm going to call it in late rounds, 10 or 11. So far, my prediction is holding up that Anderson Silva is gonna play great defense and give him fits and make him tired. Oh shit. Chico, you got the win. Tell me, how'd you call it in the eighth round? You called it. Man, I called it. So my prediction, if you haven't watched it yet, was Jake Paul was gonna chase some punches, he was gonna put some pressure on, and at some point, he was gonna figure him out, and he was gonna put him down in the eighth round. My prediction was the eighth round. He didn't knock him out in the eighth, but he put him on his butt in the eighth, and that's exactly what happened once again. Thank you for watching Believe. You can find more great content at Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. Do you believe?